He died for you. He died for me. From our sin, He set us free. He loved us so. His life He gave. So if we ask, we can be saved. Hello, I'm Rick Hurtless, founder of His Gospel Power. Thank you for joining today's program. We're going to take just a little detour today because it is October the 31st, and uh, which of course is Halloween. And we're going to take a little detour from First Peter today, mainly because I feel this is... It, Actually, it goes along with what we've even been saying for the last couple of days about the church joining in with the culture instead of the, instead of the church showing the world how we should live for Jesus, we're joining in with the culture. Halloween, all of a sudden it becomes harvest days or whatever you want to call it. They're still doing it on the night of Halloween. They're still uh, having people dress up. They're saying, no monsters are bloody, whatever, but you should dress up. Well, we're still, basically, we are celebrating Halloween. And I am against Halloween celebration because we are, it, it is the, the, the day of Satan. The uh, sat- satanic church, Satanists, look forward to Halloween throughout the entire year because this is their favorite day to be able to go and do all kinds of mayhem. It is the favorite day of the Church of Satan. And instead of the church... Uh, now, I would have no problem. And I tried to do this one year in the church. And I understood, I began to understand the depth that Satan has on the church. The grip that Satan has on the church. One year, I, it was my... A proposal for the church. Let's have a church service on Halloween. If you want to to uh, still do something on Halloween, let's have a church service. Don't come dressed up. Come as a a saint. Uh, come as yourself. Come as a saint of Christ. Come to the church. We will sing songs. We will uh, we will have a church service. We will praise the Lord. We will lift Him up. <laughs> That got nowhere. There was absolutely no traction. In fact, I did this church service. I was a pastor of the church. I did the church service. I had about two people showed up. That told me where the church stood. They didn't, they couldn't care less about coming and praising the Lord on that day. It was about their quote unquote holiday, which is a misnomer anyway, because holiday means holy day. Well, there's nothing holy about Satan. And so you come together with this Satan's day, and that's Halloween. I've had, I've had heard all the arguments. We don't want to let Satan steal our holiday. Wait a minute. God didn't ordain this holiday. This is not a holiday. He did not ordain Halloween. You can start talking about, to me about All Saints Day or anything else that you want to. God did not, that was a man-made day that someone brought up about All Saints Day. It actually began in the Catholic Church, an observance in honor of saints. Okay, sounds innocent enough, but in the 5th century B.C. in the Celtic Ireland, uh, summer officially ended in October 31st. The holiday was called Samhain, the Celtic New Year. 
So that's actually where it started. And then, of course, just like what Christians do, what Christians do is they try to justify their holidays, quote-unquote. Christmas, for example, we do not know the birthday of Jesus Christ. December 25th is not Jesus' birthday. Now, there have been studies to find that, you know what, maybe Jesus was actually born sometime around the, at that time of the year. We don't know. What we do know, most likely, it is not December 25th with Jesus' birthday. So where did Christmas come from? It came from Constantine the Great getting saved in the 300s. And this is really a good story, okay? He got saved. He became a believer. And the... um um they already had a holiday that was a pagan holiday for that time of year. And so the um, uh, Constantine says, you know what, we're not going to have that holiday any, any longer. There was a revolt in the kingdom. I mean, it was a, an uprising because they were going to lose their holiday. So with wisdom, Constantine says, you know what, I'll tell you what. How about if instead of celebrating the pagan holiday that we call it Jesus's birthday instead and we celebrate Jesus's birthday. Well, the pagans of the kingdom couldn't care less. They just wanted their days off. They wanted their parties. They wanted their fun. They got to keep their holiday. Constantine the Great no longer has has to um, bow to a pagan holiday. Everybody was happy. The same with Easter. Easter was the uh, uh celebrating Ishtar, the goddess of fertility, who, of course, that's where we get the rabbits and the the uh, uh, eggs and all of that kind of stuff, the, the bunny eggs and all of that. Because of that pagan holiday, we incorporated that and said, oh, it's about the same time of the year, so how about if we celebrate that? And we'll just call it Easter now is the resurrection. Well, it's still, <laughs> what do we do in that time? We celebrate Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and all of those kind of things. We do not celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Now, I know that's generalization, but the pagans who do not go to church at all definitely do not uh, celebrate Resurrection Day. That is Ishtar. That's the, the goddess of fertility. It's the same exact thing we've got here with Halloween, is that Halloween was basically said, well, we're not going to... Uh, Go by what the Celtics did starting in 5 BC. We're going to change it to a, an honorable holiday. We're going to celebrate all, uh, all saints day. So see, it's the same kind of thing. We're not lifting up Jesus at all. We're trying to keep our days off. We're trying to keep our quote unquote holidays. So we get days off. This is even worse though than any of these others because Halloween is the time that when you dress up like Satan and like witches and like all of those other things, that you are now allowing those spirits to come into your into your body. And then really, I, I know I've said that I do not believe you can be possessed as a Christian because the Bible says if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So if you're filled by the Holy Spirit, an evil spirit cannot reside within you. But you are definitely allowing yourself to be oppressed out of ignorance. Well, now from today, from today forward, if you're listening to this, it will no longer be out of ignorance. Okay. You're going to willfully disobey God and you're going to join in this pagan holiday from this day forward. If you're hearing my voice, 
Okay? It's no longer going to be out of ignorance. And then I have to ask, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you're going to say, well, you know what? This is not going to hurt anything, and I want to celebrate the devil once a year. That's the but you know what? You may not like the, what I just said, but it's the truth. If you're going to, to participate in this time, this day in Halloween, I'm not going to call it a holiday because it's not. If you're going to participate in Halloween, you're going, you're saying to God, well, I think I ought to be able to celebrate the devil once a year and I don't think it's hurting anything. Well, then at that point, I ask, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's just a question I'm throwing out there to you. So you can disagree. It's all right. Well, it's all right until you talk to God on that day of judgment. Do you know Jesus Christ? I know from when me, with me talking to you about this, that now I do not have to be concerned any longer as to whether my listeners know the truth according to the word of God. Brother Ron Stortle's in the studio. Brother Ron, Halloween, I bet you're, you're all really excited to go get dressed up. Uh, yeah, as a Christian every day. <laughs> no, actually, in my household, I don't celebrate Halloween because I know what scripture says about Halloween. And when I explain it to my children, I break it down in the simplest terms for them. I talk to them about what happens during Halloween and I show them the scriptures on how it matches up. And the simplest thing I started with them was, because they're, they're five and ten. So my ten-year-old, uh, he understands scripture. I read it with him. He understands it. My five-year-old, spirit-filled uh, little girl, prays the best prayers I've ever heard. When I tell them, what do you do when you go out, when you're dressed up to get candy? Well, we walk up to the door, we say trick-or-treat, and someone gives me candy. I said, do you know what that means when you say trick-or-treat? And of course they don't, because it's just something they've been told to do, so they do it, like you said, out of ignorance, not knowing any different. I said, when you say trick-or-treat, you are saying to that person that you're getting that candy from, if you do not give me candy, I am going to bring a curse upon you. Whether you mean it or not, you are still performing that act. It goes back to what we talked about on Friday of last week, the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus will act through unbelievers if they use his name. So it, it works the same way with, with Satan. If you perform an act in his name, whether you say his name or not, but we're using the, the trick or treat. If you perform an act honoring him, he is going to act through that in the same way that Jesus Christ can honor and act through his name, even through an unbeliever. So for a child, even acting out of ignorance, a satanic act, it will still be honored by Satan, and he will still act through it. So for, and it, this is where the parent's responsibility comes in. If you are a parent that claimed to be a Christian, and you send your child out to commit a satanic act, you are sinning against God and against your child because you are, in essence, I don't want to say causing your child to sin, but you are leading them in a deceitful path and telling them that sin is okay because when they find out later that this is sin, 
how are they going to look at you as a parent because you led them astray? You know, I've had people in the past, and in fact, even during that church time, uh, when I got to the church that I was pastoring, they had jack-o'-lanterns and all that kind of, I threw all that stuff away. Well, I've got the history I, I took of the... it. Well, I, I want to tell the, tell our listeners, sure. at least as far as where it started, <clears throat> the Celtic New Year, Samhain. They, they believed that the disembodied spirits of all those who had died throughout the preceding year would come back in search of living bodies to possess for the next year. It was believed to be that their only hope for the afterlife, that the self believed all lives, lives, uh, all laws of space and time were suspended during this time, allowing the spirit world to intermingle with the living. And so, you know, naturally, the still living, they didn't want to be possessed. So on the night of October 31st, villagers would extinguish the fires in their homes. See if this doesn't make sound a lot like, and not a lot, see if this does not sound like what we are, quote unquote, celebrating. Extinguish the fires in their home. So in other words, make it dark, make them cold and undesirable. They would then dress up in all manners of ghoulish costumes and and they would all go around, paraded around the neighborhood, being as destructive as possible in order to frighten away spirits looking for bodies to possess. I, that's exactly what we do now. It does not matter that you didn't know this before. Now you know it. What are you going to do with the information that we're giving to you? Maybe you were just like my uh, grand child who said the same thing that Ron was talking about. Look, we're just doing it for the candy. I said, no, no, that's not what's going on. This is not the way it's going to be. And that's not the way my house is going to do it. We're not going to celebrate this unholy day. That That's that's the bottom line. We're not going to. Can you not see Jesus walking around with vampire teeth, with blood dripping down his his cheeks or, or his, his lips or something. Picture that for a moment. Is that the way you could see our Savior? That he would he would uh, join in this day? Of course not. You think he'd be carrying around an axe with somebody's head in the other hand or something like that? Could you see Jesus doing that? Of course not. Well, let's just go back to Scripture. We were created in God's image. So if you think that you have to walk around in a distorted costume in the image of satan in the image of satan you're basically saying that when i go around the image that god created me in he made a mistake and i have to dress up in something else to be accepted so you're basically saying god you didn't make something good enough so i'm going to dress up as something and cover the creation that you made to go out and do something and i just want to throw this out because i have it there the origin of the pumpkin it started with the Celtic uh, right. festivals, like you said. And what, how it became the pumpkin was when the, the immigrants came to America, they found an abundance of pumpkins. Right. And because they because were, it was turnips, I believe. Is it what it they was used turnips in, yes, and other vegetables, yes. yes. So when they came to America, they, they saw these pumpkins, which are bigger, more impressive. But what the, the purpose behind the carving of the pumpkin was actually to lead good spirits to the the farmers' houses so they would carve them out and put lights in them to actually lead good spirits to the farmer's house to, to help them out with their, their harvest. Well, think about it today. You carve out a pumpkin, you put a candle in it, and you put it on your front porch. 
to lead children to your house to receive something. So we've replaced spirits with our children. Does that sound biblical to you? Not to me. You're basically saying our little children need to be led by a a spirit-seeking idol that's sitting on your front porch. And the point is, does any of this sound like Christianity? Does any of this sound like something that we should participate in? In fact, a, a part of this that uh, uh, also led to the Druids, uh, much of the the fire burning and everything was in honor of the Druids, which, of course, the, you know, that's a um, worship of trees and all of that kind of thing. Does any of that sound like that uh, something that we should be joining in with as Christians, what we're what we're trying to do in this broadcast, in this program, is we're trying to wake up the Christian. I'm not trying to destroy your fun. I've been told that, and that's okay. You know, I was told that uh, at the church I was at. Well, you're just trying to take all our fun away. No, I'm trying to show you the fun in righteousness. I'm trying to for you to understand the fun that God gives us in righteousness. If you want to still join in the fun of the world, will you go get drunk like crazy on Friday night then? Maybe have every woman that you want or man or whatever. Just go join in that fun. And then you can deal with, the, not to mention the hangover the next morning, but you can deal with all of the disease and the heartbreak and the destruction it does to your family afterwards. Because see, that, that's the fun of the world. The fun of the world is so temporary. It's now. It's only now. The fun of the world lasts for now. And what it leads you to is destruction of your entire family, of your life, of your finances, of everything. And that's what I'm trying to show you is the fun of righteousness, which, which follows the word of God, which strengthens your family unit which strengthens your finances, which strengthens your household, which in the days that you are dying has your loving family standing around you laughing and weeping with you because you're about to go see Jesus uh, not wanting to see you leave instead of those that have shunned their entire family for drugs, alcohol, money, and everything who die on uh, or on their deathbed by themselves and have no support to to lead them actually into the pit of hell is where they're going. Now I I do want to on a, on a lighter happier note since we're talking about having fun as Christians, <laughs> and I, and we'll get back into the the verses here in a second because I got a couple. But churches that have events on Halloween, I'm perfectly fine with. Where I have the issue is like a lot of churches they use the term let's have a trunk or treat. Yeah. How does that sound like you're trying to get away from Halloween? I I, t- I was talking with this with my wife, Terry. I said, why don't they just simply change it to trunks and treats or trunks with treats? Why do we have to make it sound so close to trick or treat? Why, why do we have to do any of that at all, though? That's my, I mean, well, I, I you know what? We, if you want candy, go to the store and buy your kids some candy or... If you want to pass out candy on every Sunday, just pass it out. Well, I, I do agree with having an, a Christian-based event at a church to take them out of that environment. But why do we have to make it sound so close to it? Change the name completely. 
Well, there's been many who have called it Harvest Festival. But unfortunately, when you go to the Harvest Festival, festival what do they do? Dress up and uh, bob for apples, which is another, another uh, I, for, I have forgotten now. I've done a study on Halloween, a pretty extensive, but I've forgotten what the bobbing for apples was about. But it was not anything good either. Right. So, uh, And so all of those things that were still participating in pagan rituals, Instead of, you know what, okay, let's take it away for a second. What about Easter? You know, I don't necessarily have a problem with the fact we call it Easter, even though I'm starting to have more of a problem than I used to, because it does, it was a pagan holiday of Ishtar, okay? And so now we've gotten Easter, that's where it's come from. But then at churches, we go and we we um, uh, hide the eggs so the kids can go out there and get them. It's the same thing. In the name of candy or fun, we join in a pagan ritual. As Christians, why don't we call Easter what it is? Resurrection, Resurrection Sunday. Day. That's right. It, it's so simple, but it doesn't draw a crowd, I guess. And, and if you don't have the Easter egg hunt, well, then they're gonna, they're, well, what if they go to some other church that does? Fine. That means you're not preaching. If they're going to another church, pastor, if you're listening to this, if they're going to another church and they're, uh, because you don't have an Easter egg hunt, it's because you're not telling them what it means. And then if they decide to go to that church after you've told them what it means, uh, maybe they don't know Jesus anyway. And so they needed to get saved. They need to get saved. So if they're going to stay there and listening to your preaching and they're going to repent, they need to come to Jesus. I know this is hard words. I know this sounds hard, and I know it. it don't, and maybe it even sounds. Oh well, you're just you're just being mean. No, I'm being. What this country has to have is the truth, and what we have instead is political correctness. What we have is a lie that is that is uh, in the package of being the truth. That's what political correctness is. Easter is political correctness. Halloween is political correctness. Christmas is political correctness. We are worshiping If you don't believe it, try. Just try. I have tried this for years to no avail. Why do we need to give presents on Christmas? Uh Uh-oh, I'm about to step on something really sacred. No one wants to buy in. Well, we have to give presents. This shows we love them. What do you realize? Maybe you don't realize, but I do realize there was a time in my life where we did not have much money. I mean, it's in fact, most of my life, I guess I've not had much money. And that that um, tradition of giving presents separated me from my family, my extended family who would get together once a year. And there was lots of us. There was 50, 60 people who would get together. I did not have money to buy presents. For everyone, guess what I did? I didn't go. I didn't go to that meeting. Now, does that sound like Christmas to you? Does that sound like what Christmas was supposed to be about, which is relationships, which is coming together and loving each other? The true spirit of Christmas that we hear about is supposed to be about love, coming together and loving each other, but yet, because of the tradition of presence, I was kept away from my family. I was kept separated. Now, since then, I've said, uh, since I've grown older and more mature, I'm like, you know what? I can't give them anything that they really need anyway. I give them some kind of trinket. So I don't give them nothing. I mean, yeah, oh, 
hey, I'm a mean old man, I guess. I go and I give them my presents so that I can get their, and I don't mean my presents with a, that are wrapped in paper. I mean my presence of being there so that I can show them my love and receive their love. And you know what I've come to find out? They didn't care whether they got anything from me anyway because they knew it was going to be some kind of junk they're going to stick in their closet. Once you get older, you decide... We don't care. We don't really care about the president. So when you have presents at Christmas that defines your holiday because of the presents, try not to give presents this year for you when you come together with family. Just see how that goes. It's not going to work. They're not going to do it. Number one, somebody's going to still not abide by that and they're going to bring them. Okay, that's great. But are you going to feel guilty because you didn't have the presents to give? At that point, You've got to ask yourself, is this really the way God would want it? Well, it goes back to anything else like Christmas. Look at people's reactions when you take away what the world has perverted that was originally Christian. If you try this Christmas and tell your your family or your children, we're not giving presents this year, look at how their personality responds. If they're more concerned about getting those gifts than they are about celebrating the birth of Jesus, then you know where their priorities, you know where their focus, you know what their idol is, because if it's those gifts that are more important to them than celebrating the birth of Christ, then that has become an idol to them. One thing that my parents instituted when I had kids, which I thought it was a great idea, so I've continued it. We have a cake Christmas morning to celebrate the birth of Jesus because that's really what it was. And that reiterates to my children why we're actually having that day. Now, yes, we do still give the gifts, but the main focus is the birth of Jesus. We have, we tell the story of Jesus. So we start out with the purpose behind Christmas. Yes, obviously it is hard to break children when they've been getting gifts for years to immediately go, this is the end. So what we've done is we've really tried to institute the purpose behind it and not make the focus the gifts. And, you know, now I'm really going to step in it because so we've talked about all of that. So what about just the church? What about just church? What about just Sunday? How much has the church come into American culture? Well, Rick, I only go to church to worship, really. So take away, if your church has great music, let's say one of these mega churches has this great music. Take that, take that all away. Just take it away. Just come together and sing a few songs of praise to God. Take away all the glitz, the glamour, everything. Instead of doing your feel-good message, come together and talk about the Bible. Talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Talk about how you are going to live. Talk about the bad stuff. The fact that you're going to, the people are going to go to hell without the salvation of Jesus. People because that, I, people that are sitting in the sanctuary will go to hell if they don't repent. Right. Not, not everybody outside. Not necessarily everybody outside, but, but just that, that's the thing is that there, I've even heard, I've heard it told that, well, how do you grow a church of 20 or 30,000? Well, you don't talk about any of the bad stuff. Yeah, well, make everybody so, happy. Right. Make everybody happy. Political correctness. So you take the church of today, which now is an entertainment time for the most part. 
I know by I know I'm speaking generalizations, but I also know that that is the way that when you go to any of these big uh, seminars, how to build a church talks about. No one talks about the power of God. No one talks about God says he builds the church. He brings them in. We don't have to do the glitz and the glamour to bring them in. We're, I'm talking about true believers. I'm talking about those who are going to go and see Jesus Christ on, for, uh, who are saved when their life, when their lives are changed because of the power of Christ. They don't need the great songs. They don't need all the lights. They don't need anything. They need to come and worship the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not what our churches are today either. So see, our churches have fallen into the American culture. It's all about me. It's not about God. Well, thank you for joining today's program. If you make it through tomorrow, <laughs> if you if, come back tomorrow, if you come back tomorrow to this program, then we'll know that, uh, you know, we've got some listeners. Some of you may just turn this off. I don't know where you ever want to hear that guy again. I pray I gave you something to think about. Ron and I, we talk about this. You know, it's time, church, to get passionate about Christ. We're, we're seeing all of the things in the world that are going on right now. There will come a day that you are going to have to make a decision. Is it Jesus or is it your culture or is it your, your lifestyle that you are going to choose? Which one is it? Which one are you going to choose? going to have to make that decision choose this day whom you will serve until the next time i pray you receive his gospel power today my life was flying by i always wondered why i was so empty deep within but then you came to me and let my spirit see
coming 